All right, welcome everybody to another episode, Minor to Major, winning in an unfair uh, game of life. So uh, I am here with a special guest. And as I had promised, man, I really wanted to bring some inspiring videos or some interviews to you all uh, talking about, you know, what are we doing in our community? Uh, some things that are uh, benefit benefiting us as a people to uh, move us forward, progress. And so, you know, there was a question that was posed to me a long time ago about uh, during the pandemic, it was uh, before the pandemic. What can you do in your position, in your current uh, status, in uh, whether you're you're working at uh, the warehouse, you're working at CPS, or you're working wherever you're working in the community, what can you do to improve the quality of life for uh, your community? And so I've got a special guest. Look, I'm going to tell you about this guy. So the first time I saw him, uh, we were out volunteering somewhere. Somewhere volunteering, putting in the work. And uh, he was mixing and mingling, had a good personality, making all the women laugh. Say, man, who is this cowboy? And so uh, uh, I kept on seeing him out there in the streets and the community. I couldn't ignore him because he was always out there putting in the work. And so uh, I, I want to go ahead and introduce you all to uh, Pastor Red. So Pastor Red, how did you get the nickname Pastor Red? I've been calling you Pastor Red <laughs> since I know you. So um, before I got into ministry, um, I was um, known as a line dance instructor into like the Houston rodeo, so country background. And um, when I crossed over and got into ministry, um, everybody started to respect, you know, my title. So instead of them calling me by my government name, they just added the prefix pastor in front of it and just kept red. So that's how I got Pastor Red. Okay. And it's just, it's just been sticking. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, so tell me, I want you to tell, um, not only me, because I'm curious, we haven't had this conversation offline, so I want to know, why do you, why are you so involved in the community? Like, why do you, anybody who is volunteering as much as I am and cares as much as I do, I'm just kind of curious, like, what's your angle? Do you have an angle? Or uh, do you want to be a politician? I, I've heard so much about you know, our older, our elders are telling us we need young people to get into politics. And so I'm wondering, is that is that something that you'd be interested in? So um, politics, um, it, it wasn't never an angle that I wanted to go into. Um, but over time of volunteering, um, whether it's with my youth, the young adults or my senior citizens, um, I've came to realization that um, I want to do more. I want to give the community um, the opportunity to be heard. So going into politics for future, uh, it is something that I have on the table. Um, just community, just me. Um, I, I didn't come from a silver spoon, but I came from being fed. And having that um, ambition to go out and just serve in the community, is just something that I do with the passion. I don't look at it as um, I'm higher or, I just simply look at it that because I'm wealthy enough and I'm living comfortable, someone is not. So being out there and giving them the ability to know that someone that's out there that's thinking about them, it's a, you know, it's a real big passion to me. And me just showing up, showing them like, hey, I'm not alone. And sometimes they just need that. The community just need that. You know, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Sometimes I feel kind of selfish because uh, I go out there wanting to help and volunteer and give but a lot of times it makes me feel better. I'm not even gonna lie to you. It makes me feel good when I'm giving to the homeless, when I'm going out feeding, when I'm helping an elderly lady, 
uh, put something heavy in the back of her car. Like it makes me feel good. Uh, do you ever get that feeling? So yes, um, like I said, I've been um, I've, I've been in Houston off and on. I gained my residency here in Houston since 2010. And since 2010, um, I wanna say 2016, 2017, I got heavy into doing the volunteering. So uh, with my homeless community, um, I've been out there three, four o'clock in the morning, having given out my personal phone number to assist them. So being out there, knowing that they're calling for, you know, personal hygiene or wanting to stay, cold, you know, um, warm when we do have our little cold breathe mm -hmm. come through Houston, you know, I, I feel good, you know, because I can get out of my bed and my wife can say, I already know what time it is. Go assist, go give them what they need. And it's not breaking me, you know, it's, it's, it's I'm, I'm never looking or turning their head saying, oh, I got, I shouldn't give, you know, you got some that will be appreciated. And then you have the very few that they'll call and say, hey, I need, and they do something else with it. But at the end of the day, I know I'm doing God's will. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I, I feel good about it. You know, I get excited about it knowing that I'm not selfish. Right. You know, I'm, I'm not turning an eye. You know, there are people that, you know, I've came across that had, you know, degrees and have titles the same as me. They just struggled. They just hit a, a low point and just being there to push them, you know, it's just, hey, to see them light up, you know, to mm -hmm. feed them. Just, just them light up, you know, go out there, you know, cross paths, different conversations, because, you know, you you never know who you meet. And having, you know, meeting people with different backgrounds and um, different nationalities and beliefs, you'll never know what you come across. And right. I've came across numerous of people that's way um, different from the way that I thought, you know, the, the way that I, I handle myself as an individual. And I don't look at them different. I clean them out. And... Just to sit there and listen, you know, I'm, I'm smiling the entire time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like interacting with people. I don't know if that's because of my social service background or what, but uh, I love it. So I love mixing and mingling with strangers, talking to people. I don't get awkward with it. I never feel awkward. Um, I, I just love it. It comes natural. Um, you know, you had mentioned earlier about um, Zotico and two-step and let, let's get into that a little bit, man. I want to know, uh, where are you from? Like, how did you get into that whole country life? Um, my mom, um, born and raised in Mississippi. My dad is um, born and raised out of Appaloosas, Louisiana. So yeah. <laughs> the country life, it just, it yeah. just born inside of me. <laughs> and, um, like I said, it's, you know, I come into the city is, you know, the, the way that, the country lifestyle is, you know, I call them city country folks here mm. because it's it's a lifestyle. It's a more laid back, chilling, just to hear the music. It's, you know, I can relate to it. You know, everybody say, well, do you listen to rap? And I was like, uh, I preference like country music. I, I like, you know, blues and, you know, jazz music. You know, that's just my um, way of, you know, um, incorporating, you know, who I am, you know, mm -hmm. still keeping my background um, alive, you know, and it's just something I enjoy, you know, my horses is just me, you know, yeah. if I'm mad at somebody, you know, I could just go and look at my horses or, you know, go somewhere where there's music where, 
you know, I can just blow off the steam and, and still have a, a wonderful time. Yeah, so so what you what you're describing is coping skill. Like, yeah, so anytime uh like music, horses, anything stuff, environmental factors make you feel a certain way, good, positive, uh, you're describing a coping skill. And I like that, man. So country music is actually my my number one genre of, of music. And it's funny because when I was in prison for those of you who didn't know, you should. But uh, I served five years in prison, and while I was in prison, I had a Mexican uh, celly, and uh, he was tapping me up. You know, zzz, you know, tapping me up. He said, "Man, you don't ever get tired of listening to rap." I said, "Absolutely, I get sick of it, especially on the radio. They play the same old songs every hour, every hour on the loop, and so that's all we had was radio." He said, man, you should try listening to country. I said, nah, 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 man. I'm not listening to no country music, man. He said, nah, Sally, nah, Sally. Just listen to the lyrics, listen to the words, wait. And so I started listening to, listening to a song. I can't remember. I know one of them was Cowgirls Don't Cry. And uh, it was another song. And uh, a couple of them, they started bringing me to tears. You know what I'm saying? I could resonate with the, uh, a father loving his daughter and, and watching time go by and and uh, before you know it, you know what I'm saying, they're growing and out your house and your little girl's now a grown woman. It's like, you can resonate with some of that stuff, mm -hmm. man. And telling the stories like poetry was beautiful. Like now country music, man, you can't pull me away from it. I just went dancing uh, the other day, two, three days ago at a country ball, man. I, I love it. So, but you know, it's funny because I go walking down the street in Houston and my cowboy boots and my buckle <laughs> and I get, you know, sized up real quick. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, but yeah, I like being different though. Yes. You know, I like, I like being different and comfortable in my skin and who I am. Um, can you talk a little bit about being comfortable in your skin and who you are cowboy in the city of Houston? So, um, Zadie Corette, um, I've been, um, growing up, my childhood it was a little different uh, than a normal African American household. Um, when it comes to um, religion, was different. Um, I had to pick and choose. I was not given the opportunity to make those decisions on my own. Um, being that um, my father's side was Muslim and my mom's side was Christian Baptist, so um, going to two different, you know homes, as I say, church homes, um, I had to grow up, I want to say around 15, 16 is when I actually started seeking, you know, the spirit myself outside of my mom belief in my dad. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I, I, I didn't know who I was as a human, as a person, because it was always, um, I'm supposed to live this way. This is the right way. So being taught, um, going through the changes was very difficult because I was very lost. You know, I dizzle and dazzle here and there. And um, when I put on my cowboy hat, you know, when I put on my Ariat, you know, my boots and my buckle, yeah. I become, <laughs> it's just like, and I look myself in the mirror like, this is you, you know? Can nobody take that look from you? And just wearing the attire natural, you know, just every day, you know, I gotta have my boots. I gotta have my buckle. I gotta have my hat. And, you know, it's, I kind of, you know, laugh when you say you get sized up quick down here in Houston, cause 
that's me every day. You know, it, you don't have no other clothes but cowboy attire. No, I can't tell you. I probably own two pair of tennis shoes. <laughs> um, probably one pair of slides and the rest is boots, you know. Um, is country this country style just it, it just it I don't have to, you know, um force myself to be anybody else besides who I am mm -hmm. when I put on a tiger. And um my kids love it, you know, my you know, my young and uh youth, you know, and the church, they they love it. You know, it's something that it's given to express yourself as a person and not, you know, looking at it at a negative way, you know, because our society that we live in, black and brown, the Latino community, you know, it's, it's a, a certain way that we're supposed to carry ourselves. And growing up, that's what we have to abide by. Those are the rules. Those are you, what you have to be. Mm -hmm. And to tell my, my youth and younger, they'll say, hey, put on a hat, you know, put on a belt buckle, be yourself, be freely. It shows character. It shows more so a character of being yourself and not being someone that someone wants you to be. Mm -hmm. And that's the lifestyle that I love. You know, when I put on my hat, you know, I smile. I go through Fiesta and they looking like, oh, I need a bigger hat. <laughs> so, you know, here in Houston during rodeo season, that's when you see more African-Americans, Hispanics, Blacks uh, dress up cowboy. And so if you're at a season, if you're at a season and you it's September or it's it's June, July, and you're wearing this cowboy getup, it's like, man, what are you doing? Uh, so we get sized up a lot. You know, there's another, there's another um, I guess, um, connecting factor between the two of us, and that is uh, youth. So uh, you spoke a lot about some work that you do with, with uh, youth in the ministry. Can you expound a little bit about that? So um, I can. Um, uh, 2016, I was uh, domestically, uh, became a domestic violence victim. And so um, being a single father, um, you know, I was more so of going through a whole lot of um, changes of living situations and having to be moved to another state because of my situation. And so um, not having the resources here in Houston and going through all the chain of commands that was required, um, I was forced to move to Austin with my daughter. And, you know, going through the counseling and the therapy and um, getting, you know, state assistance in Austin, I was like, um, why don't we have this back in Houston? You know, why do I have to... Um, move my whole entire life mm -hmm. when the same sources can be implemented right here in Houston. And so I did my research and I've done it and done it and done it. And I was like, man, I can, you know, take this and I can move it down here. And, you know, going through a whole lot of uh, counseling sessions and getting to know who I was as a, a child, um, I, I found out a lot of stuff. And it's stuff that we don't recognize. You know, we think that it, it's become normal, but um, listening to the verbal abuse growing up or um, the physical, uh, you know, altercations growing up is as a source of domestic violence. Right. And so you, you grow up as a child and be like, oh, well, I see mom and dad fight, you know, that's nothing. 
And then as an adult, it's like, no, we, we got to change this. That's not the way that it's supposed to. So what I did was um, I wound up coming back to Houston, me and my daughter. And I started a nonprofit organization called Complete Warriors of Texas. And it's for youth, young adults, including men that are domestically violent, you know, violated. Mm -hmm. And so um, I've been going through the chain of commands and finding the resources and everything for men like myself that is a single father to get the resources and help without having to move to a different state to get it. Mm -hmm. And so um, it just it's just something that I kept going and kept going and then um, as a as a leader in my church, my pastor looked at me and he said, this is where you belong. And I was like, man, having one child is enough, but you telling me be over, you know, 60 to 80 kids in church? Yeah, let's see how this gonna work, you know? <laughs> and so um, I fell in love with it. I really do because I'm still young, you know? And being able to connect in this society, it's, means a lot to our kids. They don't look at me as, oh, you old and you don't know what we going through. No, I'm young. I can relate to your situations. I can relate to your, you know, the things that you're going through. So let me help you still being young, mm -hmm. still being an adult and having the resource to help you grow. Um, I can tell you with partner with, so, you know, certain uh, organizations here in Houston, um, I was able to um, go through, you know, our independent school districts and talk to my youth and tell them and show them and give them the resources about different signs that they need to be aware of, you know, including bullying and human trafficking and sex trafficking, you know, stuff that's not talked about. You know, it's, oh, it happened, go see a counselor, go see a therapy, but it turns open to an adult. So me saying, okay, you know what, I can help minimize the numbers of our kids that are getting domestically abused by allowing them and giving them the resources and the help of ways to prevent this mm -hmm. and give them, you know, the credibility to know what awareness it is, you know, and, and going through not just in the month of October, but 365 days a year mm -hmm. and give them that, you know, that way out. You know, I came across kids that ran away and then you get to know them and it's issues that I can relate to. And I can say, hey, let me help and create you a plan, you know, so you don't have to feel like you're out here by yourself. You know, I feel like if the city of Houston would implement these programs and not just label us with, uh, you know, a spend number, then a lot of our black and brown and our Latino community and the, the, the levels of a whole lot of stuff that's going on mentally in these households would minimize, the numbers would decrease. Mm -hmm. But without applying them with the resources and really and truly, we, I think we are what the fourth world is state and to have limited of resources city. is a problem. City, fourth largest city? It's fourth largest city. Mm -hmm. And to have bare minimal of resources is a problem. Mm -hmm. And I'm fighting every day, you know, to make sure that um, our kids are, um, and I and I say, because they are my kids, you know, I, I don't have to know you. I don't, you know, have to worry about, you know, who, where you came from or right. what nationality you are, but you're my child. And I have to 
picture myself as a, a leader, you know. Mm -hmm. I want you to I want you to pause right there. So when you said um, you are my child or they are my kids, my children, I understand. I, I totally agree with you because it takes a village to raise our kids. And we've gone away from that cultural value in our community. We've gone away from that. We've gone away from uh, um, you know, Miss Susie, uh, Sister Susie down the street being able to whoop my kids. And we, we've just gone away from just the whole community, the village raising our children. And so when you said that, it brings it back a little bit to uh, where, I, where I grew up, my, my upbringing, where, you know, leaders at the church, they brought in the kids into their home or uh, they brought them under their wing and they thought of them as their own. And so uh, that's powerful, man. That's a real powerful statement. I wish there's more people in our community with, that would start thinking like us. You know, th there's a few of us out here, but for the most part, uh, we don't see that child or that child as our own. You know, we look at them and be like, oh man, where are they parents at? Yeah. No, no, we are all their parents. Yeah. And so it, it takes a village to raise our children, y'all. We cannot get away from that cultural value within the community. Um, I want to wrap up. As y'all know, this is a short cast. Uh, we keep it under 30 minutes, but we, I mean, we talked about so much and it was really good value. Um, probably need to bring you in again, but I want to, I want to know where can uh, my humble, small, but humble listeners, where can we find you uh, and support you follow your journey? Right, I'm on all social media platforms. Um, Zadiko Sivaran, the Z I D E C O Sivaran, S I V as Victor E R A N D. On um, you can also follow my um, organization um, by simply going to uh, CompleteWarriorsOfTexas.com. I'm pretty much updated on the website, so everything is accurate and information. Um, if anyone that is you know looking for any type of assistance, whether um, numerous of issues um you can on the website itself uh it's um there is a, a message box and a call box you're able to call and text directly to me just by clicking uh, message me and the message come directly to my phone that's what's up that's what's up man so you have direct access to zydeco red um take advantage of that man i, I really want the youth the kids so some of my listeners um you are 12 to 17 years old. So I've got a lot of teenagers and, and young adults who listen to uh, the short cast. But for those of you all who are parents, who have youth, who have children, I want you all to make sure that they listen to this, especially if they resonate with some of the things that Zodical Red said. I thank you all so much for joining me for another episode of Minor to Major, helping people turn their minor setbacks into major comebacks, winning in an unfair game of life. I'll see y'all next time. Oh.